Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Blake and Tom Interview Everybody. Last week we had on Austin Gilner, and this week who do we have on, Blake? We got the brother. We got Luke. Luke Gilner. How's it going, man? Hello, everybody. I'm doing good. So what's going on, bud? Uh, how's your quarantine been in the in the long run? Well, so in the long run, um, I'm uh, just about, you know, m- most people working at home. I actually finished college during this period. Nice. Um, I was living in College Park, Maryland, for anybody who is familiar. Um, I don't know if Tom is, but he's been there, actually. Oh, yeah. Love it. Great area. Right outside of D.C., the, uh, pretty close. I was staying in a beautiful house of that Blake actually visited. <laughs> Do you remember Blake? Yeah, it's a, a typical college house. A beauty. There's a beauty to it. Um, yeah, so basically I just, that was my junior year of college. And since then, I just finished school online and been working online. And I would say my life is pretty different because of it. Yeah. Yeah, congratulations on finishing school, though. It's no easy thing, especially during quarantine. For anybody is with work or education but um it was what, easier though yeah i was about to say <laughs> what was it like you know graduating college during coronavirus um it was definitely easier i found because um especially the first uh so i had two semesters the spring and then the fall uh the spring was definitely easier because it was pass fail um so you only had to pass the class for it not to affect your gpa and get all the credit so i did that and it was uh yeah you know self-explanatory why that's awesome um (laughs) and then so that was okay but then the fall kind of sucked because it was it felt very pointless and i wasn't learning any really that much since it was all virtual um but I finished, and I'm glad I finished um, during COVID because, you know, I had everybody was home as it was, so I was just doing school, finishing up. Do you kind of feel like you missed out on graduation, or does it not really matter to you? Because I know for a lot of people, graduation is such an enormous task, an enormous part of their life, but during coronavirus, it's not really possible. So how did you go about that, and what do you think about it? Uh, so, so I had no ceremony. I ha- there was a thing online for like twenty minutes, but obviously that's not the same. Right. Um, personally, I'm not that upset by it. Um, I don't really like the attention. I wouldn't care to like be up in front of the crowd and like get my diploma or anything like that. Um, my plan was to. I was a little ignorant and thought that at the end of the semester, I could go just pick up my diploma, but apparently it takes months to make, they said, and they'll ship it to me. So um, I definitely missed out on like the ceremony aspect, but uh, you know, that's not that big a deal to me personally, but for some people I'm sure it is. Yeah. And I know like just being able to finish when you're in that end phase of college, you just kind of want to get through it and get out into the real world, especially senior year and it's not mm-hmm. making money and not spending it on college, that's for sure. So, no, it's definitely a – everyone's going to look back and have a different experience. And and I know Tom and I have talked about it too. It's such a interesting experience finishing your college career because 
you've been to a couple colleges, right? I mean, this is yeah. So I went. I started at uh, Georgetown University in Washington D.C. and then yeah, and then I left um, after three semesters. I then transferred to the University of Maryland, which is really only, um, I mean, you know, maybe a little over ten miles away from it. Um, same area, same city, um, same you know transit system basically. Um, and then, but then two of my semesters at Maryland were, you know, uh, different because of COVID. So my uh, college experience was a little different than I feel like most people's in that sense. Um, but I, I enjoyed it and it's, I feel like now I'm have my whole life ahead of me and I'm in a good place to a start. What caused the UMD switch? What made you want to go from Georgetown to University of Maryland? I mean, not that UMD is, is any worse of a school, just kind of what made you want to switch? Um, so I'd say the main reason was that I didn't like um, just the, the atmosphere at the school. It was a, definitely a difficult school, for sure. Um, looking back now, I would say it was definitely more difficult than... Maryland. Um, it wasn't too difficult, but it was definitely difficult and the atmosphere was very stressful and um, most of my friends that I still were close with from my youth went to Maryland. Um, so after I transferred, I then was able to live with uh, these four guys for a, for a year. Uh, the house that Blake visited. What made Georgetown so difficult? Was it the teachers, the classes, or the culture? Because I know some cultures at schools are, are painful, to say the least. Yeah, one part was the culture, for sure. It was like a very competitive nature, and I was in the business school, which was like extra competitive, because uh, a lot of people there thought they were like the next Wolf of Wall Street type, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, um, but, you know, looking back, I'm glad I left because I had a great time to uh, transfer, uh, excuse me, great time at Maryland. And it allowed me to graduate earlier because of uh, the way my credits worked out there. Good. Yeah, no, I mean, again, obviously, congratulations. I mean, that's a big feat to get over and not having the ceremony. It might not feel like it's over, but it's still something to be very proud of. So that's awesome. And um, I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit hear about that college experience, how you ended it, but also some of the things you're passionate about um, okay. and that you did. So um, some, I know this, <laughs> I almost said some people may know this. I, I know this, but um, Luke was super into wrestling during high school specifically. Um, I want it because that's something that I, I, I personally don't know a lot of people that wrestle. Yeah. Um, what got you into it? Because we were talking with Austin before, big lacrosse got into surfing. What was your transition to go from soccer, lacrosse, and, and put some focus into wrestling? Um, yeah, so it, it goes back uh, to middle school. Um, so I played soccer and lacrosse my whole youth, and I continued soccer uh, throughout high school as well. But um, in sixth grade, I joined my middle school's wrestling team. I was just intrigued by it. Um, and it was very laxed i would say um you know it was intense enough for like 
11 year olds, but it was pretty lax, you know, like three days a week, uh, just during the winter type of thing. Um, but you know, it teaches you lessons. I didn't know that as an 11 year old, but then I got to high school and I didn't want to wrestle anymore when I got to high school because I knew that high school would wrestling is a much bigger step. Um, it would have been then six days a week, uh, you know, two days during winter break, like tournaments every weekend that uh, such a bigger time commitment A production. Yeah. And it brutally exhausting. Um, and so I decided not to do it. I did think about it, but I decided uh, not to. And, um, luckily for me, um, the coach who was also a teacher at the school, he knew me from my middle school because he came there a few times cause he was very involved in wrestling in the area. He, um, he wanted me to join the team mainly due to, to my size. I was a hundred pound freshman, which, um, Typically, you know, that's, there's not that many of them. So it's a supply and demand type thing. And he really wanted me to join the team. And he asked me a few times and I said no, like each time. And um, then eventually he said, he was basically, he kind of used reverse psychology, I guess, looking back. And he said, uh, he said, that's fine. You're just afraid. And um, gross for my okay, yeah. Yeah, he said, it's fine. Don't join the team. You're just, uh, you're just afraid. And then he like <laughs> walked away. And oh man, and that didn't. I guess looking back, that didn't sit that well with me, and it caused me to join the team. And so I did it for um, two years, and then um, I stopped my junior year. I was gonna wrestle, but then that coach actually left the school, and. Um, I was more focused on academics at that point and also soccer. I was playing, you know, a lot. So one thing I wanted to ask is, do you have any good wrestling stories? Was there a time when you were going up against somebody who was just an absolute jerk or was there somebody who was, I know wrestling has weight classes, but you know, maybe they got in under the bar and, and you're going up against this tough opponent and somehow you either, you know, sneaked a victory through or did you get a crushing defeat? what's what are some of your good wrestling stories so wrestling was a very interesting culture for sure it was definitely a culture to it um a very intense culture too kids would you know 15 16 year old kids would cut 20 pounds a week um you know lose 20 pounds and then gain it right back then lose it you know what i mean to since uh, it's such a part of the sport it's such a reality um, but so I was on the JV team. Um, it was a whole, you know, varsity and JV practice together, but I wasn't good enough to make the one spot for the, cause each weight class has one, you know, one person on the team. So I would go to these JV meets really in the middle of nowhere. Um, like just like the middle of Virginia, like, or even Pennsylvania, like West, like country maryland just like rural parts of like maryland and virginia and you would see very um 
weird people. Specifically at the JV meets, I found. At the JV meets, because because the varsity meets, they were like kind of normal people. They were like, you know, like a co- a co- they were accomplished wrestlers. So they were like, you know, pretty normal, I, I found. But then at these JV meets in the middle of nowhere, it would be like one, I saw one team, they all had, they were all, well, they're all white, but they all had tattoos. And these are 16 or 17. And they all have the same... Yeah, they're at high school. This is high school. They have all... A lot of them have the same tattoo on the back of their neck. I thought more of a cult, but... And they all had um, bleached hair. Um, Suspect. Sounds like Cobra Kai. Um, But, yeah. I mean, it it was definitely a good sport and a... It was a good experience, and it definitely made me a stronger person after the fact, and has given me an appreciation to um, fitness and exercise as an as an outlet for um, you know just life. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, you, you yeah, that's that's amazing. That's that is incredible. Um, so you finish that, you get out into the real world. You're balancing college. You're balancing life, um, and recently as of just about a year ago, right? Or maybe a little more, you found a, a boxing gym, inner city, uh, you decided to join and, and uh, how'd that go? Cause it was that kind of re-sparked the flame of what you liked most about wrestling. That's a different field, but. Um, yeah, so what happened was, um, so after, you know, as I finished high school and then my interest in, in wrestling, I guess faded since I wasn't doing it. Um, I, uh, after about, um, it really took two years of college then to really motivate me to get back into exercise and one sport I love and love watching and it was, um, had access to it was boxing. There was a, a Maryland, uh, boxing club, unfortunately, like right at like only soon after I joined COVID happened. So that kind of, uh, stopped the meetings. But however, since, um, when COVID happened, I then started to, you know, I had so much free time because I wasn't working and, and school was like just nonsense at that point. Like we were transitioning to online. It was just like, everybody passes pretty much. Um, so I had a lot of free time. And so I started to try to, I wanted to join a boxing gym because I was just motivated by the club. Um, so, but I kind of thought to myself, like, well, I have to like learn some things before I can't just show up knowing nothing. So I kind of tried to self self teach, uh, myself during COVID. And then, uh, in the fall, I, when I was, I was actually st- living in DC for a few months in the fall. Um, I joined a gym that I'm hoping to, uh, continue in the future. Um, and it was in, yeah, it was the inner city of DC and a very just like dirty, grimy gym, but like, that was exactly what I wanted. Um, Rock and a very interesting, <laughs> yeah. And the owner was, you know, kind of intimidating. Yeah. Which, um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so 
but in more recently I've been uh, trying to get back into running because I'm trying to, you know, I've definitely, my exercise motivation comes in swings sometimes. And uh, I think some of that was the lack of responsive, the lack of responsibility during college where I would, you know, indulge in, I guess the party culture, you could say. Um, especially because my, my roommates were all in a fraternity, so they would have people over all the time. Um, but now that I'm done with school, it feels kind of good to have that in the past. So now I can just be more um, constructive. Take us through a trip walking into the boxing club for the first time. What was it like going in there knowing that what these guys do for a hobby is punch each other in the face? I've been in one hockey fight my entire life, and I got in maybe two punches, none of them on the face, and that's my fighting experience. What's it like so, to go to a place where they where they do that for fun? So I went, and I just kind of showed up at, like, in the middle of the day. And this is still, like, COVID time. This was in, the, you know, fall of 2020. Um, and and uh, nobody was really there when I got there, except one one guy was, and he told me to wait for the owner and I was like okay or no, he told me to come back in 30 minutes I was like okay <laughs> so I so I left I wasn't gonna just sit there I left and I just walked around the neighborhood for like 30 minutes and um definitely was a little bit out of place to be honest um I don't know because I, I definitely come from a privileged background and um I was out of place just to be frank um and so I get back and then I meet the owner and he like kind of like shows me around and then he's like he's a really nice guy he actually gave me the first day i was there just like a free pass to uh to um you know check it out see if i liked it and um i was a little intimidated but very soon after being there i start um working out and hitting the bags and i was talking with these two guys and they were uh you know, like, uh, they said, like, keep doing what you're doing or something like that. And I was like, okay, okay, thank God. Because I didn't want to, um, I don't know, it seemed like the type of place where you would have to, like, earn respect. Right, and you don't want to go in there being a poser in front of all these boxing guys who beat each other up for a living. And then you're, you're in there just screwing around and doing Exactly. Things. So do you see, do you, do you see <laughs> when all this stuff passes is which is a good sign. It looks like some things are lifting and we're going back to somewhat of a normal life, hopefully soon. Um, when this opens back up, do you see yourself getting to the point where you get back into it to the point where you would try some competitions, like light level competitions or things like oh, that? Oh yeah, that would be really fun um, because I've always wanted to continue being like um, involved in sports, even as an adult, because there's all sorts of leagues and stuff. Um, COVID makes that a little complicated, but yeah, that is something that you may have just inspired me to do. Let's go. Um, Be down there ASAP. First fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Us on the sidelines. Big signs you up. I'm down to a. So I'm living in Virginia now. Yeah. Um, I'm born and raised from Maryland, but Virginia's the bordering state, if you guys don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I was, uh, I mean, I was in Virginia during the Capitol riots, only a few miles away. 
Um, it's a great area, and any of the listeners listening, I highly recommend you visit. You just mentioned something that I would never have brought up on my own, but because you mentioned it, what was it like being down there during the Capitol riots, and what was your mindset through that entire point in time? Um, so... I'm, I live in Virginia right now, and so it's, like, decently far away. It's, like, five miles away from the Capitol. So I didn't see, like, any direct action. Um, I was living in Georgetown in um, fall of 2020 for a few months. If I was there, then I definitely pro- maybe would have. Um, it, it was definitely interesting. It was just kind of, like, bizarre, to be honest. Like, nobody, like... To all like the people who live in this area that I talked to about it, we're just kind of like, yeah, that was insane. Like that was it. And um, I think people moved on kind of quickly, but it is interesting to be in, you know, the DC area when, um, especially during like an election year. Like for instance, um, in the fall, I went for a run at night, um, and I ran to the Washington Monument because I figured what a good destination. Um, and I got there and all of a sudden I see fireworks start going off and they're like huge fireworks, like not like rinky dinky fireworks at all. They're like millions of dollars of fireworks, it appears like. And that was uh, the former president, Donald Trump. He was doing, um, uh, I think it was maybe like the RNC or something. Um, it was right around the election. So they were doing some show. I don't know, but it's definitely interesting living in an area where you know, such huge political decisions are made every day. You kind of don't even think about it sometimes when you uh, see just like the Capitol building, for instance. Yeah, as somebody who teaches social studies, that's a dream come true right there, being down in D.C. during the election. Um, One quick thing that I wanted to ask, because we've kind of done it with everybody who's been on the show. What would you say has been one of the more challenging points you faced in your life? And how did you overcome that? Because one of the points of the podcast that we wanted to, to put in is how people overcame challenges and just everyday people. So what did you face and how did you overcome that obstacle? So I would say when I personally felt the lowest was around the time of when I was transferring college, uh, colleges. Um, and I, uh, I mean, I'm still young now, but looking back, I was just young and stupid. And um, I thought that having fun and drinking and, uh, you know, the, that sort of lifestyle would make me feel better. And it certainly didn't. So uh, definitely be careful because you can be your own worst enemy. However, I'm confident to say I got through that time in my life mainly by one, believing in myself. Um, You have to know that you have to trust yourself and trust the process because everybody's going to go through hard times no matter who you are. So you have to understand that that is a process to make you the person who you're going to be. And you have to trust that process. So if you're in that moment, know that things in the future might actually even be better because of what bad thing is happening right now. Yeah. And I, that was going to say, I mean, you, you answered the question I was going to ask too, is someone that's 
whether it be now or through college, even, I mean, we've talked about a bunch of different things and we'll, we'll wrap up in just a bit, but all these great stories that you have told us about having healthy outlets and um, going with your life that way. What's your advice to someone that uh, might be going through a similar transition, might be school, might be job, might be COVID? I mean, what's your advice? Um, my advice is to know that it is possible and to know that it is worth it. And then I, my last question to everybody is always the happiness question is what I'm starting to call it. Yeah, and I love that. Thank you. And that question is, how will you know when you're happy? And if you are happy right now, how do you know that you are? Okay, that's a good question. Um, I would say I would be happy, completely happy when I am at peace in my life with who I am and what I'm doing. If I'm at peace and I sleep, I can, I can at the end of each day look back and be happy of what happened and what I did and um, and I'm at peace. That's and I wake up at peace, wake up with peace. That's what I think happiness is, is being at peace with who you are and what you're doing. Short, sweet, and very simple. And one thing I love about that question, uh, and I hate to pat myself on the back, so I hope this doesn't sound like that. But one thing I love is that everybody has a different answer to that question. And yours is different from Austin's, which is different from Ali's, which is different from Nick's. And everybody has their own vision of happiness. And hopefully somebody who's listening to this realizes that and knows that it's okay to just want to be at peace with yourself and be at peace with the day. Or in Nick's case, wake up not dreading work on Monday. It's it's why I like that question a lot. And you had a, a I, what I think is a very good and well thought spiritual answer. Yeah, that was really good. You're welcome. Wonderful. Well, yeah, I mean, that's we, we like we said in the past ones, we're just trying to keep it to your commute to work. Nice 30 minute short and sweet. Um, I'm sure we'll have Austin and Luke on uh, again, share some fun stories, maybe of our past growing up and things like that. And uh, have to give an update. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. And uh, I do want to say congratulations on starting this this podcast, starting anything. In the well, thank you very much, man. That that means a lot. And that's the first kind yeah, of you. You know, pat on the back we've had from somebody on the show. And it means a lot because this is something that just kind of came to us. And yeah. we wanted to, like Blake said earlier, just kind of inspire everybody in a little bit and, and in a little way. So thank you. And, and everyone, we figure everyone, you, you go online, everyone's interviewing famous people, right? This is fun because people want to come on and share their story. Strangers um, that we might not even know now uh, have reached out and, and want to share that, that this stuff is spreading. So this is stories that people can relate to and um, people that might not have ever gone on a podcast can bring their story. So it's, it's special. Yes, this was my first time being on a podcast. Well, you did a great job. Yeah, it's killer. You're a natural. You, do, you are and great storyteller as well. Uh, and as we wrap this up, thanks for listening to episode four of Blake and Tom interview everybody. If you would like, subscribe to the show, leave us a rating. If you think it was great and want to leave us five stars, wonderful. If you want to have some healthy feedback, don't feel like roasting us, then give us any story. <laughs> okay. anyway. But uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Luke. No, thank you. Have a good one, guys. See ya. See you, man.